Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another podcast. Today's guest is a man by the name of Jacob Moser. Jacob and I, we go back to um, You Break, I Fix days when I oversaw the Milwaukee market. He was actually one of my employees that was unfortunately short-lived because this, um, this young man, he has big dreams, big goals, and big ambitions. And being able to kind of keep up with him throughout the years, I've seen him grow to, you know, an outstanding professional when it comes to engineering. He is into a lot of uncomfortable things. And I talk about this a lot on the podcast as great people constantly find themselves in uncomfortable situations. You know, he's into rock climbing. He's into professional development public speaking. He's into one of the new things that I see a lot of him doing is content creation on the LinkedIn platform, which is a way for professionals to engage and to collaborate. He takes trips where he's talking with like-minded individuals. And we talk a long time. Uh, I think this podcast is about an hour and some change, but we talk a lot about just professional development, ways we can overcome, you know, a lot of the preconceived notions we put in our mind. We talk a little bit about rock climbing and and community. We talk about a little bit of engineering and goals and ambitions. It's definitely one of the professional uh, podcast. If you're looking for something that is going to help you develop as a person, Jacob is is a great human being, and I'm glad that I not only get to know him, but get to ping him on, you know, his thought process and what, you know, what he is into, and you know, as you'll hear in the podcast, he's down to earth as it comes and. You know, he really, really cares and really wants to change the world. So with no further ado, we'll get into the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome Jacob Moser. To, to go out there, yeah, to just kind of go for it. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think one of the big things is, is kind of getting it like out of your own way. Oh yeah, Definitely. getting to a point where you don't fear judgment, you don't fear failure or or success. I think those are the big things that kind of derail people from from getting out of their comfort zone and trying something new. I'm just changing the settings in here. Okay. So yeah, I just um, I when I saw that you were getting involved in that, I thought that was like an amazing like thing that I never expected. You know, I never expected you to kind of do those things as far as um, you know, doing events, getting out there into a professional development, and being able to kind of harness that ability to say, you know what, like I don't want to be afraid. So I'm going to go ahead and do those things, which when I was kind of going through like that, that patch where you're just trying to figure yourself out was, Mm -hmm. you know, if it makes me scared, then I should probably do it. Yeah. So, um, so now you're kind of, you know, from, from my, from my connections, like on LinkedIn, I mean, you, you've amassed like quite of a following and, and what, what kind of engagement do you get from like putting out those videos? I don't get great engagements. Um, there's different stuff with the algorithm as to why that might be happening. Um, I don't really understand LinkedIn's algorithm that well, mm-hmm. so I can't like I can't really give any good comments on it. But I haven't been getting 
massive amount of engagement, but the engagement that I do get, especially from people that I know in person, whether it's you or people I've known from school, from work, um, it's been very positive. And um, one of my favorite things is to have someone, you know, it's happened to me at school a couple times where I posted a video and someone actually came up and said like, hey, I saw your video on LinkedIn. It was really nice. And that was... Like, that's cool to know that someone is actually not only seeing what I put out, but they're getting value from what I'm doing. Right. Um, and I think that's... Well, that's the big thing, too, is <clears throat> are you putting out a lot of content or are you putting out valuable content? Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes where there's there's a influx of just crap out there that we... <clears throat> We just ingest and we feel that, you know, I feel that when I just have that information overload, mm-hmm. that I'm just like, all right, <clears throat> what's the next thing? Yeah. But when you're able to, to put something together that, because <clears throat> your videos aren't very long. I mean, they're, they're I think, quickly digestible. When you yeah. put that out. It's, I, I don't want them to be over like a minute, right. a minute and a half, because otherwise, like, Especially since LinkedIn is a lot of, to do at work. I don't want to be sitting at work watching a 10-minute ensemble. Yeah. So you being able to, you know, give, like, the quick ins and outs of, you know, whatever top, topic that you're speaking on, I think it is very important, especially when I feel that, you know, you are putting out value. And when I'm on LinkedIn and I see your videos, I'm like, yeah, listen to this, listen to this, you know, trying to help, yeah. um, you know, share that content. Thank because. You. A lot of it is valuable information. And when we get into, you know, the Facebooks and the Instagrams, you lose a lot of that value. You lose a lot of it. So when I'm able to kind of share things on a professional platform, um, I think it means more when, Mm -hmm. like, something gets shared. Because, I mean, I don't think a lot of people, you know, share just regular stuff. Like, hey, I got a promotion. Okay, cool. Like, I like it, yeah. but I'm not going to share that. If I'm, you know, I'm not going to share it. But mm-hmm. if you're bringing in a minute clip of you talking about some type of professional development or, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, you know, taking the good with the bad and appreciating that, which, you know, that resonated with me a lot, you know. Yeah. I think that's like, you know, we face that every day. So, so what now? So, I mean... You parted ways with you, Burger Guy Fix. Yep. Sad, sad to hear. A couple times I did that. A couple times. But this one was the indefinite? Uh, yes, this one's the indefinite because now I've graduated college as of December. Wow. And I am now working as a full-time engineer. Okay. I'm doing transportation design, uh, drainage design. Um, so that's... I have, like, professional... Yeah, you're you're full time job. You're legit. Yeah, I'm I'm actually a civil engineer now. You got a salary? Got a uh, well, it's like work, working on it. It's like kind of weird. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, um, so now this time, yeah, I don't know. So you're like you're an adult now. Kind of yeah. working on it. I I definitely feel like I'm still very much so in my journey. Um, you know, like. I'm developing just kind of as professional and just finding my own way through life. I don't think I'm anywhere near like I've made it. Yeah, you won't. You won't. At 31 um, now, like I feel like I think I think when I was like 25, I was like, okay, like I got to figure it out. Yeah. And then I woke up at like 25 in two days and I'm like wait no, I have no idea and then now at 30 I feel like okay I don't have it figured out mm-hmm. so I think that comes with wisdom like I don't think you ever really just figure it out but you be, but you begin to create a platform for yourself where you just have like you know core values your ideals you know like really the bedrock of, bedrock of your foundation which mine has like like it's changed a little bit like just as far as just with growth but I'm just starting to figure it out now Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that just comes with with age and wisdom and getting around like minded individuals 
Um, one thing that you mentioned earlier, which I want to kind of keen into, is the power of association. Yeah. Because um, I think that's a big thing, too, is, um, you know, I kind of went by the philosophy is, like, you show me your friends, I'll show you who you are, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of in the same realm, is, is it's if you are on that journey and you're trying to become just a better overall, just individual, trying to chisel out, um, the fabric of your being, it's important to have people that are your champions and not just like people that you just goof off with. And um, you really want to get around in a circle where you know you want to be. If you want to be successful, you got to find successful people. Yeah. Um, what? When did that kind of like start for you? When did that kind of click that you needed to to find people that that shared your value? Um, that kind of clicked when I started getting around um, one of the coworkers from actually my past internship um, at the factory. He just kind of had a similar mindset, similar like set of goals to where I would want to be long-term, similar values. So just being able to start hanging out with him um, and getting into a community of people that did, you know, uh, think differently than the, like the average college student, mm-hmm. um, and that really, I think it slowly started to impact me because I've seen a lot of changes happen just by being around um, that community. And I think of every community that I've been part of has changed me while I was in it. Um, a great one is when I was in the Grand Tetons since I was living in a smaller uh, like it's a smaller community there mm-hmm. you uh, become pretty close to the people that you work with every single day Yeah, I mean they're the only people that you see day in and day out for three months and you do notice that you pick up some of their habits. You start picking up their lingo. You start picking up, um, you know, just kind of that mindset that they go through life with. And then it's almost when, if you want to change your mindset, yes, you have to get around other people because people that have the values that you want to have. Um, Cause they almost kind of, then you have to change. Yeah. And that's really the hardest part is um, getting to a point where you want to change. Yeah. I've always thought that, you know, you from you just kind of taking that trip to Wyoming, you already made a conscious decision that, all right, I, I want to become better. Mm-hmm. And you, when you're talking about communities, are you talking a lot about like mastermind groups? Because that's what I see a lot of is like a lot of individuals kind of get these mastermind groups together to, to share ideas. Is that are you kind of part of some something like that? Mastermind groups, I think, is definitely a um, part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's only one part of it because um, you can't sit around and just mastermind day in and day out. Um, eventually, you need to get around other people. So it's actually intentionally choosing the different communities in your life and then deciding where you want to devote your time. Okay. Um, you know, for one example, I started uh, going to church more. Okay. Um, and just getting around that community you know how should i prioritize my time between that between um professional between self-development between just like you know when i'm hanging out and just want to chill um and just kind of looking at i think it comes back to where do your values and your like where do your values really align i want to be with people that want to live life like I want to live yeah yeah it's <clears throat> I don't think those are there's ever like a one-stop shop because there's like you said you know there's religious spiritual institutions where you're gonna you're gonna gain that spirituality you're gonna 
be able to connect with that type of community but that community is not really worried about you know other aspects as a whole you know they're yeah you know so when it comes to like business or it comes to like um fitness or health fitness, exactly so you really have to kind of pull um your resources together and you know get into different establishments yeah um, we're not one dimension we're not one dimensional people we have so many facets so many roles in our life um you know i'm a you know a friend i'm a engineer i'm a um brother son and a rock climber rock climber <laughs> yeah exactly that always fascinated me about you because when you first came in i was like okay this guy uh you know first impressions i was like okay this guy's smart he's intelligent mm-hmm. he's going to school um and then you're like yeah i'm in a rock climbing and it threw me off because <laughs> you know n- no offense to you but you didn't really have like the like super athletic like body and i was like in the wrong because i was like why am I judging this guy? Yeah. And I think that, that I think we all kind of fall victim to that first impression where we already have this idea of somebody beforehand, but we do forget that we are, you know, more, we have more dimensions than you can even imagine. You know, you already listed off four or five, but there's so much that goes into, you know, being an individual, you know, like a lot of people when they see me and I'm like, yeah. I'm a nerd. Like I play video games. They're like, mm-hmm. this guy. He does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's you know this is a big dude with a beard. Yeah, looks like he can beat me up. <laughs> this guy's playing like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So with um, with that professional development, where where do you kind of see yourself, or what are the things that you're kind of attributing to your life now um, that you didn't like? at the start of it or what are some of the things that you've changed or that you've implemented versus just kind of starting getting started yeah i think it's um one a shift from um where i really want to focus on in terms of like you know goals in my life before that my goal was pretty much just like you know i wanted to do something uh like make renewable resources you know i didn't really have you know a whole lot of like set in stone direction Mm -hmm. but learning how to get direction in my life where do i um deciding like you know 10 years from now where do i want to end up what do i want my life to look like how do i want to live and then working backwards from there saying um you know what are the five-year, the three-year, one-year kind of milestones that will get me to um, that state? I think that's a living goal, too. Yeah. Um, always changing as I change, but still kind of holding true as, like, a nice guiding stone. Um, so that's been a huge um, change that I've made and changing uh, my perspective, we were met, you were mentioning, um, you know, when you talk about people being multidimensional, also understanding that it's really easy when you start achieving success, even minor success, to start like looking at other people as like, oh, I'm better than you. I yeah. graduated college, or I, you know, have a job that makes how many figures a year. And you can, it's very easy to see people that aren't doing that and aren't at the same level as you as lesser, but understanding that um, nobody is less than you, and at the same time, you are not less than anybody. We're all just equal. The only difference is that we're at different points in our journey. Yeah, I've I've had a theory about that. It's like, we're all all playing the, the same game. We're just choosing to go about it the, a different way. <clears throat> I used to I used to fall victim to that too when, you know, I was in the military and, you know, I was like I felt like I was better, like mm-hmm. than everyone. And then I started to actually feel bad. Like I felt bad like oh, I'm not a good person because I feel that way. And then just like kind of listening to, you know, just starting to talk with other people. Like people that were in school. Yeah. You know, I was like 
I was a little jealous of them. I was like, wow, I got to go fight wars and you guys get to like go party and have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But to listen to like some of, you know, some people's stories, like I barely made it into college. Like if, you know, I had to work two, three jobs to get here and, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do like great things in my life. And, you know, it really gave me, you know, and I think with talking with people and having conversations, you gain perspective. Absolutely. So I was like, you know, we're all on here, like on this earth. We're just playing the same game. We just go about a different way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, becoming like, all right, I'm not less or better than this person. I just went about this game a different way. And while I might have achieved this type of success, they're probably achieving something else or they haven't hit that thrush point yet where they have that breakthrough moment, but they're kind of yeah. building towards that. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, it's just a game we're just playing it a different way. Yeah, um, yeah, and then and then to like down somebody because of what their ideals are because we don't know. You know, some somebody might not want a hundred thousand dollar job. Yeah, exactly. some some people they don't want like that huge burden mm-hmm. of trying to solve world problems or you know being rewarded for a high salary. They just want to live. You know, they're nine to five. You know, I used to do that when I became like an entrepreneur. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm better than you guys. And then I had to revert back to like my military stuff. I was like, wait, I'm not better. I'm not. I'm. I'm. Di- I'm just. I chose a different path. Because a lot of people that I employed, they were happy with the nine to five. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, well maybe I can be happy with the nine to five too. And maybe I can just be happy. Yeah. Without all the all the titles. And, you know, when I sold the business, that was, like, the happiest time I was for a long time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I fell victim to that, that that rat race. And I was like, okay, I want more money. I want more. I'm like, wait, this, I'm taking away from a lot of my self-improvement. I'm taking away yeah. from my family and, and all that. So I was like, all right, sell it. We'll go from there mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. I think that comes back to, like, your own priorities where, like... Um, you have to decide like what's the most important part of your life. Right. It's easy to let um, either our goal to be like the greatest, best entrepreneur or the greatest, best athlete or whatever take charge, and then we lose sight of the fact that you know we love our family, the fact that we love. Um, you know, being able to kick back with friends once in a while. We um, have, like, you know, hobbies. We have, like, you know, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's, you're making it a priority. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and there's a threshold where you can only do so many things at once. So yeah. It, it's a give and take. And this popcorn is delicious, by the way. You're welcome. It's, did you make it yourself? Nothing crazy. But yeah, I think that, and you kind of said this is reverse engineering, like who you want to be. When you close your eyes, like what do you see? Yeah. And then asking yourself, well, how do I get there? And you just start at the top. Mm -hmm. All right, this is what I want to be. And you kind of like break it down to like realistic goals. All right, 10 years. This is where it should be. Five years, this is where it should be. And then breaking that down, and then what you do is eventually you break it down to a daily daily activity. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do daily to get to this this where I want to be? And, yeah, exactly. And it's okay to change that, too. Like, it's okay. Like, all right, I thought I wanted to be this, yeah. but, but I don't. Different life situations come up. Um, I don't have kids, but I'm sure you know once you had kids. Yeah, changed. it changes. Um, it kind of changes uh, with with priorities is, is the big one. The this the underlying thing where you're like, I'm responsible for this life now. Mm. Prior to this, I was only responsible for me. Yeah. So now I have to make decisions that are going to impact me and then like my kids. A lot of I got a lot of heat. For actually opening up a business far away from the kids. 
Mm-hmm. But I I told everyone that was involved, like, look, if I don't do this, mm-hmm. I'm going to be 80, 90, 100 years old, and I'm going to have that life full of resentment. But if I do it, regardless of if it's six months, a year, or a, a lifetime, mm-hmm. I can go back and I can provide this lesson for my kids. Yeah. Because if they're anything like me, they're going to be... You know, curious. They're going to have unorthodox ideas. They're going to, you know, challenge authority in every way that I've had, mm-hmm. which they're already doing with me. They're like, Dad, <laughs> we don't want to do that. But to provide an example when they're scared or when they're fearful or when people are telling them, hey, like, don't do this, I can be that guy saying, look, people told me the same thing. Yeah. I ended up doing it. I ended up, like, I didn't make millions of dollars off the transaction, but I walked away with my sanity. Mm-hmm. I walked away knowing that I provided jobs for people. I walked away, you know, being given that opportunity and appreciating it. And then going back to my family and saying, like, look, this is what I've learned. Yeah. And I think that's very important for people that kind of struggle with wanting to open up a business wanting to be an entrepreneur but they're scared to mm-hmm. like fail I use that same mentality saying like well I'm not gonna fail yeah <laughs> because if I fail then I would go home with nothing mm-hmm. but if I fail and I go home with nothing I come home with something because I can share my failures yeah. I can go back and be like well this is where I messed up and then probably being stubborn I'd attack again and do something else and mm-hmm. uh but yeah, man. I think you just kind of described what a growth mindset really is. Um, where a growth mindset is where um, you just can, you decide that you want to do something new. You want to uh, learn and grow beyond the fact that you're probably going to fail. Beyond the fact that you know, there might be dozens of reasons why you shouldn't do something. If you're really growth-minded, you'll talk yourself into still giving it a try. Whereas if you're fixed-minded, you look at all of those excuses as to why you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I never classified myself as it, but I am definitely am growth-minded because I'm just naturally curious. That's why I did mm-hmm. a podcast because I wanted to be able to put out a microphone in front of anyone and be like, let's, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. And I I sat on it for so long that it became like a gnawing thought in my head. Like, mm-hmm. I'd go to bed and, like, there's this little voice that's like, do a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And I like to use, like, January 1st, like, like everyone else, to kind of, like, establish new parameters. Mm-hmm. But... I don't use it as like my starting point. I'm like, by this time I should have this. So even like I think in October, like I started making sure that I had the knowledge to to put a podcast together because I had no idea. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. just a microphone and record. There's a little bit more that goes into it. I mean, that's the simplified version, but like I I wanted to understand like thought topics. I wanted to understand, you know, how to engage with people and listen to them and not just like have this interview like on Fox News where they're saying well tell me this I think you're wrong anyway back from a commercial break alright and, and and I don't want to have that I wanted to really like Joe Rogan it, and he's like definitely one of the people that kind of inspired me along with just the, the circle of friends that I have um, yeah. the big community is like yeah do one man like you're a really good talker but what I learned is it's not about me talking it's about me listening which is mm-hmm. a, a common misconception when I talk to people they're like oh yeah you should do a podcast because you're a good talker well you do a good podcast because you're a good listener because most of the time if I'm talking a lot on the podcast it means that the other person is talking like maybe like eight, you know maybe ten times more because I just want to kind of provide like my little gems and then just let them have the floor. I think that's essential of being a good listener. Um, being able to not just like listen to... so easy to like listen to replies. Someone 
you know, springs up a topic, and then you, like, have this thing in the back of your head, like, as soon as they're done talking, this is the uh, question I'm going to ask next. But instead, listen to them fully, and then decide, like, hey, this is what they actually said, and, you know, this is the meaning that I can get out of it, and ask a deeper question that way. You know, it's so easy to... um, like I was talking with some people, I was rock climbing today, and talking with them about um, even just like, you know, hey, like, you know, where are you from? But like digging into like why they, um, why they moved where they moved, you know, what kind of motivated their like decisions to like change their career or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that becomes, you know, when you're actually listening to understand what the other person said, they feel heard. And it's kind of a special moment because you get to make them feel important. Yeah. I mean, my, my, to, to go to that is I want to share the platform with people because it does make them feel empowered. It makes them feel that someone's like really listening and when I'm able to kind of capture that and then put it online Mm -hmm. it makes them feel that more empowered because not only am I listening to them and I'm engaging with them but now there's an audience Mm -hmm. that is going to you know either agree or disagree with their thoughts but they're going to be listening so they're going to be heard on a on a bigger scale um Rock climbing is something that I've dabbled in. Yeah. What what kind of benefits are you getting from like rock climbing? Are you doing it weekly, daily? So I've started doing it more just like on the weekends. Um, When I first got into it, I was like all for it. Went like six days a week. Mm -hmm. And then that changed as time went on through like you know taking semesters off for school or um sorry dude i dropped a bunch of popcorn everywhere oh no no big it's so delicious (laughs) no big deal um i uh now i just kind of i don't always have as much time after work to go so Mm -hmm. i'm just going on the weekends and then trying to get like a at home kind of workout in okay but um I love it. I think of it more so, like, both as, like, fitness and then um, a great way um, to just kind of, like, both, like, my me time and then, like, some, like, nice social time. Um, There's a lot of... I've met a lot of great people at the rock climbing gym here in Milwaukee. Um, And it's... Um, I think it's just nice to have, like, an outlet. You know, some people, like, you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Some people, like, play soccer or basketball. I go rock climbing. I think it's important to do things like that. I think it's important for multiple aspects. The the big one is physical. Mm -hmm. You're You're getting trained physically. And, I mean, I'm no scientist, but it's been... Proven you get endorphins and you feel good. Mm-hmm. You feel good after a good workout. The The second thing with doing activities like yours is mental. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what type of mental benefits do you feel like? I mean, do you feel like? Um, I think the biggest ones is definitely fear. And um, the... Uh, ability to just stay like determined and persistent and not like give up after you know the first failure and being calm under pressure yeah I think that it's more like being calm under fear like a lot of times you might get up to a point where um, you're way up off the ground and it's this really difficult move that um, you know like you have like this is the only way that you can get up but you're at high risk of falling and even though you're attached to a rope 
you're not going to hit the ground, your brain, like, yeah. still, it doesn't make that connection. And it just says, I'm, you know, 45 feet off the ground and in a really precarious spot. If I make another move, I'm going to die. So it's being able to overcome that oh, that fear of, like, you know, I'm actually, there's no way I'm going to die doing this, but... But you're putting yourself in a scenario where you're training your mind to kind of overcome those yeah, objections. Kind of, yeah, overcoming that. And then also with um, the determination because there's... I don't know a single rock climber that hasn't fallen. You know, you... Yeah, you're over, going to. Yeah, you're going, falling off of climbs over and over and over again. You just have to... It takes determination not to be like, you know what, I'm just not good enough, and I quit. I thought I was strong until I did, like, my first rock climbing gym, mm-hmm. and I got about halfway up. Like I, So they're like, all right, well, we have, like, these four level walls. Um, mm-hmm. Level four is, like, the, the top one. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll just put me up there. I think I got maybe, like, a quarter away, maybe, like, halfway and my body was tight. Like, my arms were jello. Yeah. I had to let go because I was like, man, I thought I was strong, but it just trains different muscles than just going to a gym. Mm-hmm. You're, like, you're literally using, like, every muscle in your body to to kind of keep yourself up. Yeah. Uh, forearms, core, back, biceps, legs. Everything. And it's also a lot about technique, too. Yeah, I didn't have any technique. I just, yeah. like power through it yeah like powering through it like you can get a little ways but eventually you're gonna get to a point where you just can't yeah i i i just fell i was like all right i'm out mm-hmm. i tapped the last thing i wanted to talk about the the mental the physical is the community yeah um as you were saying before you get to meet new people you get to share experiences um that's likewise with a lot of group activities yeah, definitely. That's why I like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because, I mean, I met a lot of people, shared a lot of stories. Um, and then, you know, with the fear thing is, like, this guy's like, or girl, because mm-hmm. I've been tapped out by a bunch of females. Yeah. This person's trying to kill you. But after, you know, you tap out, you shake hands, and you're like, oh, man, how'd you do that? <laughs> and it's such a, I mean, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're. I think you got long legs, long arms. You'd be putting people in triangles all day, man, for sure. Um, but, yeah, the community aspect, because you, especially with something like, I don't, you probably don't get this in rock climbing, but you're literally, like, hugging somebody, like, the whole time. And that, like, and that feels good. Like, yeah, you're trying to chuck them out, but mm-hmm. that, that physical contact. Yeah, there's not much physical contact in rock climbing, but there's still... Like, for one, there's a little bit of trust in that um, when I'm belaying someone else, like, they have to trust that I'm not going to, like... Let them go? Yeah, and just, like, (laughs) let them hit the ground. So there's a little bit of trust there, and there's also um, a lot of community around, you know, figuring out the different problems and routes. Um, You see this, it's actually really great when you're... Uh, climbing, a bunch of people can get around and we can work out like, oh, should we do this move next? And, you know, everyone gets to cheer each other on uh, for when they are able to send the route. And there's none of this, like, resentment of, like, oh, this Or, like, competition. Yeah, it's, it's not so much competition with each other as it is, like, competition with yourself like yeah. can I take myself to the next level today that's awesome I wish more people would take advantage of a lot of those those activities versus just like sitting in their bubble mm-hmm. that's why like anytime I talk with someone I'm like you should do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always tell people that because it really uh, is challenging yeah. and I think with the influx of activities that we do now, Netflix, you know, a lot of, you know, sitting down and mm-hmm. being on the computer. I think we need at least like one or two activities that that challenge us like rock climbing does and Brazilian yeah. Jiu Jitsu where 
you have something hard mm-hmm. in your day. Well, think, we don't have that. Yeah. I think another thing that it gives you is um, another thing to like set goals around physically. You know, it's not always like super motivating to just be like, I'm going to go for a run because that's what I should do today comparatively to like I want to go for a run because I want to have more endurance the next time I'm climbing it the next time I'm rolling around on the mat yeah it gives you purpose to what you're doing yeah you know yeah I uh I stopped going to the gym like uh like uh um what's the gym like Planet Fitness or anything yeah I stopped going to those gyms because I was just going to go because that's what I was doing but now, like, when I do something, I'm like, I'm going to do this because it's going to help me with my jujitsu. Yeah. It's going to help me with my endurance or, or my strength. And um, now when I'm, like, doing anything that's physically demanding or mentally demanding, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to get better at jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And probably the same thing with rock climbing is you never become, like, perfect. Yeah, definitely. Like you're always going to have some type of challenge with with some aspect of rock climbing. Oh yeah, and I get that with jujitsu. Like I'm early in. I'm I think I'm only like three or four months in, but there's guys that have been doing it for twenty plus years and they're still like developing skills because there's mm-hmm. so many combinations of moves to to incorporate that you can master one maybe like in a lifetime. Yeah. But then there's so many subsets of skills and so many counters, and I needed something like that in my life because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I just uh, sold the business, and I'm here, and uh, now what? Yeah. So I found that. I'm grateful for that. I should probably get back into rock climbing too, because <laughs> um, I do like mentally and physically challenging things. Yeah. I was. Uh, the other night, my daughter, she had the slinky toy, mm-hmm. and she messed it up, you know, yeah. within, like, two minutes of getting it, and I looked at it later on that night, it was just on the floor, and I just sat there, and I was just trying to figure it out, like a puzzle, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I am weird, because I wanted to figure it out. Yeah, definitely. I'm just wired that way, where I just see a problem, and I'm like, okay, I need to solve it. I need to figure it out. Yeah, Totally. Which happens a lot of engineering. Mm-hmm. Got problems all the time. Yeah. Got to solve them. Solving problems, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of another way that the reason that I got attracted to engineering is just solving big problems in the world. When did you, like, when did you, when did you figure out, like, that you wanted to be an engineer? Like, um, was it, like, a young age, age three, I, playing some Roblox? I don't think that it was, like, anything like that. Um, like, I mean, yeah, sure, I played with Legos growing up. Um, but I think I kind of decided to go into engineering in high school. Um, I took, like, CAD classes at my high school, and I was really good at it. Um, I was always, like, pretty good at math and that kind of stuff. So engineering just kind of seemed like a very natural path. Mm-hmm. Um, Because you're smart. Yeah. And um, it's definitely, I kind of had to, like, decide in there, like, do I really want to do this? And during engineering school, like, it's pretty difficult. So just deciding, like, you know, why do I really want to be an engineer? It's not just because of the money. It's... Um, I think a big aspect of it is, like, I want to make an improvement in the world. Um, I want to be able to do something that, like, helps other people, helps the environment, um, and just, um, you know, being able to apply, like, my natural talents with, like, math and stuff. Yeah. Um... I don't think that that's the only way I can do it, and the more I learn and the more I learn about the different things that are available in life, I don't think that engineering is like the end-all, be-all for me. Um, I think in the future, uh, getting into different like nonprofits, maybe moving into something that's a little bit more focused if um, 
either environmental, something like that. I think that would be an eventual uh, move. But at the moment, um, I like where I'm at. I'm learning a lot about uh, the industry. So when you when you kind of look forward, you, I mean, you mentioned you know kind of working with nonprofits to kind of solve their problems. Is that uh, is that something that you're passionate about? Is just like Obviously, I think, you know, now that you're kind of full-time in the engineering space, mm-hmm. I think it's good to kind of get the get the basics, learn, like you said, the industry. But do you see, like, yourself kind of shifting to... Because you naturally wanted to just help people. I mean, from, you know, when I first met you to, to now, like, I know that that's a big thing that you want to do is, like, you want to pretty much use your powers for good. Mm-hmm. Um, is there do you have like a, a blueprint on like what you kind of want to do in the future um, I don't think I have an exact blueprint in terms of um, what I would want to do in a non-for-profit sense um, really my goal for the future right now is to um develop more of like a community around Milwaukee, being able to develop um, develop some leader my own leadership abilities um, and start out in ways to um, you know start getting into more entrepreneurship, more like just kind of doing something on the side along with my career. Um, just because I don't think I want to, um, I don't want to stick with just like the one source of income. I want to be able to give myself a little bit more diversity Yeah. in the future. That's smart. Always diversifying your portfolio. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always been taught. Um, mm-hmm. and I think you have the skill set to do it. I think, you know, right now it's just, you know, with you just kind of graduating recently and mm-hmm. you're just still a little seed growing. And I think because you're into so many different things and so many different communities, that I'll probably come easier than, than you think to, to kind of get your goals established. And mm-hmm. I, I always say, like, I'm one person away, you know, from, from striking gold and, and getting an opportunity or learning a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you've kind of if not mastered already, mastering the ability to kind of just like spark up conversations with people. Yeah, um, a lot of my a lot of my podcasts now are just people that um, I've never met or rarely like talk to. One of them I I talked to like for five minutes in the airport. Yeah, I would have not had that opportunity if I would have just been like, uh, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you're just another person. But being able to look at people like you're something, like you are a story. You oh, yeah. are uh, a set of ideas and principles that may be different than mine, and I want to be able to have a conversation and and learn like what what drives you, what makes you tick. Um, yeah, we all have our own stories, and it's great to see um, where everyone's come from, where people are going, and really, um, you really learn how similar we actually are you know even though there's so many differences among humanity a lot of us we just all want to um we want to be happy we Mm -hmm. want to um, be around those we love and we want to spend our time on this earth in a meaningful way right I, I think I agree. Um, when you kind of boil down the common denominators, like there's so many teams that are available. You know, with the political season right now, you have like Republicans, Democrats, and, and everyone's like on a team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very political. I'm pretty much in the middle of of all my beliefs. I, I'm not too radical on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I just see these people. And I'm like, we're. But prior to this, you everyone was friends. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just have civil discourse now? When we uh, disagree, 
I think social media amplifies it a lot because mm-hmm. you're not having conversations. You're having shouting matches, mm-hmm. and mob mob mentality is is there. But I always remind people, like, yeah, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we got the same building blocks. Yeah, and if we uh, if we kind of looked at it that way more, I think uh, we get a lot more things done. Yeah. I think that's definitely how the mentality for most people is, is that um, we just want the best for, um, we want the best for others, we want the best for our families, we want the best for our friends, and of course we want the best for ourselves because um, it's not narcissistic to say that like I don't want to like be screwed over by the system. Or anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, getting philosophical, like, there's so much to be said about, you know, don't kill people, not because, not because of any law or anything, but it's just, don't kill people because you don't want to be killed. Yeah. You know, and if we kind of started looking like, if we started thinking about that framework, we would realize that some of the things that you know we do don't benefit us or them you know we think like screwing somebody over for a job position or or something like that like there we have to start looking at what's what would we want done to us Mm -hmm. but a lot of us you know myself included become egocentric you know, we, we, we battle with our ego and we think, well, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. But I, I try to like look at things in a 360 perspective and just, you know, like how can I make the world better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's important to like be looking at what can I do to make the world better? Um, what can I do every day to, you know, make, you know, maybe set out some kind of like goal of how I want to make the work world better and then work every day towards it. Yeah. Um, and just kind of be into the mentality that like every day is a new day that I can, um, start and do something that will, uh, bring me closer to to that goal to that goal yeah yeah a uh, new day new opportunity mm-hmm. every, every, every day is a new opportunity to do something great yeah, absolutely um, switching gears a little bit sports uh, did you catch like the Wilder Fury fight did not it was tough I'm glad you didn't watch <laughs> it I watched it last night um, luckily I didn't pay for it mm-hmm. um, but yeah it was it was tough I'm a big boxing guy so okay um, yeah it was a tough one for Wilder was like the he was the favorite yeah and he took some L's last night so um yeah did not catch that I haven't been keeping super close up on the sports world Um, well you only got so much time to save the world you can't be worried about sports um I think it just comes down to like one I was never really like super into like sports like yeah. I like rock climbing but like other than that I don't like pay super close attention to what's happening uh, in the world of sports um, do they have a competitive rock climbing they do yeah is it on ESPN um, I don't know if they put it on ESPN <laughs> but like I would watch it you, yeah you can look it up like competitive rock climbing um, do ISC. they do it with cables or no cables both there's competitive bouldering there's competitive sport climbing um competitive ice climbing all kinds of crazy stuff do you uh do you follow mike posner on instagram no you should he does a lot of like things i think you'd be interested in he's the the guy that he's like a singer songwriter Mm -hmm. he walked across the united states and he's like Climbing a bunch of mountains and stuff now. Okay. He does a lot of the uh, professional development. I think he gets um, 
with like a list type um, influencers mm-hmm. um, and does like trips and summits with them and yeah you might like them you might okay. like his content um, yeah I've kind of cut down on a lot of the people that I follow on Instagram I I have too yeah I think it comes down to really like I don't want to be influenced by a thousand different sources I just need you know be very particular about who and what's influencing me because some people some sources of influence are actually going to pull me towards where I want to go and some are actually very directly going to pull me the opposite way and it may sound like good advice but it's good advice for someone that's going a different direction than me and some of that stuff is just a distraction exactly like a lot of it's just noise um i've actually been looking at through like my instagram and through like all my facebook stuff and like i'm just unfollowing just massive amounts of people i went through a phase where i was like i just want all the followers Mm -hmm. i want everyone to follow me yeah and uh I would do like the follow for follow stuff and like just get a bunch of content that I'm like, I don't even like this. So I'm like, I'm just unfollowing it and anyone that's kind of followed me that isn't really active, like I'm just like, well, you haven't been utilizing the content. Mm-hmm. So you're probably like, you're, I don't want to have you as a follower because you're not benefiting from it. Yeah. So like I've just been scouring my social media over the last like week or so, just kind of like, I went from like maybe five thousand or six thousand followers to like, you know, four thousand. Just because I want people that are going to be like, um, like in the community. Like like you said, is like I want people to kind of share ideas and yeah. I don't want the distractions or people that will kind of pull me a different way um, from what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think it is definitely valuable that we can set aside some time. Um, every so often and just just kind of do a checkup on our uh, what's coming into our head on a regular basis and decide like is this actually helping me or am I shooting myself in the foot I definitely have seen that like with my Instagram followers I went down a ton I just removed a bunch of people that um, people and then just like pages that weren't really taking me like cool like pictures or cool like quotes but like they're not really you know helping me along they're just kind of putting more white noise like the inspirational quote pages yeah but like that's almost a little bit too much like it's great to hear an inspirational quote but at a certain point, it becomes too much, too many platitudes, and there's no value being gained from it. Well, the thing is, too, is with those inspirational quote pages, my, um, I look to you to give me that information. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you going to give me the quote now, but you'll be able to give me some, like, substance to it. You're not just going to quote a quote. You're going to be able to, you know, you've done this before, you, you're able to apply it to like your everyday life mm-hmm. and that's why less and less I, I don't I, I get rid of those inspirational quote pages because they become cliche and I don't want to hear the quote I want to know how it's impacting somebody yeah and okay. with the shift with video and how video content is becoming more um, prevalent on LinkedIn like that's where I'm getting like my inspiration mm-hmm. if I need it is through people and their interactions and their storytelling. Um, that's how I am receiving it versus an eagle flying in a, in a nice little picture with a quote taken from 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, like so. the being able to actually apply uh, application is just way more valuable than just having a lot of good quotes and good knowledge. like. You can know every inspirational quote, have every great idea ever created, but if you if you never apply it to your own life, you're never going to see benefit from it. Do you, uh, I think you were the ones, I think you or Alex Peck was the ones that kind of put me on a Gary Vaynerchuk. 
Yeah, I followed him for a while. I don't follow him as closely now, just because I'm not like trying to become a media marketer, and that's what a lot of his content involves yeah. to. I uh, I used to follow him a lot, listen to a lot of his content, but it became the same and same and same. Mm-hmm. And uh, I listened to one of his things. He's like, "Good, like if you don't listen to me anymore, then I did my job. Like you're like." Either you're not going to do it in the first place, or you've got enough knowledge to not have to listen to me anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, that makes sense. I got kind of feel bad. Sorry, I don't listen to you anymore, but Mm -hmm. you kind of gave me what I just needed, like, as far as mindset or, you know, the the quit bullshit mentality, you know, that it kind of stands by, work harder type stuff. I'm like, all right, I got it. Yeah, and it is valuable, like... There's different seasons of our life when we need to hear something else. Sometimes we need, you know, to listen to um, an entrepreneur like Gary Vaynerchuk who has the real world knowledge. Like, you know, this is what I did. So if you want to be successful like me, here's what you need to do. Work from 12 to to 40 years old. Yeah. Like he's... Hard, hardcore. Yeah. And that there's certain seasons of us of our life where that's very valuable but then there's also certain seasons of our life when we need to be listening to um someone else who will take us to like that exact point that we're looking for who are you listening to now um in your season in my season i'm listening to a lot there's um, one podcast that I listen to is called Playing Injured. It's a newer one um, by a guy, Josh Dillingham, Mason Eddy. Um, and um, they're based out of the Chicago, Milwaukee area. Um, interviewed a couple people around here, and I really like that one. Um, I listen to um, some of like Q's podcast the uh um strange on purpose yeah so that i've been listening to and i've been reading um, trying to read more as well what are you what readings are you uh excited about i read some john maxwell which is really good the the leadership stuff yeah leadership um i have read uh, Stephen Covey, mm-hmm. um, Simon Sinek, like start with why. I yeah, have. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him. I met him. Yeah, I met him when I was in the military. He's. Um, what did you think? I didn't realize he wrote a like. I didn't realize he was that big. Mm-hmm. And when I met him, I was like, oh, just, just another guy. I think that's cool about meeting like these great leaders. Is like. We can idolize them, but once you meet them, it's just like, this is another human yeah, being. Yeah, it's another human being. And then I started seeing it, like, people started talking about him. I'm like, wait, I met that guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they, they oh, what was he think about him? Was, was he awesome? I was like, yeah, he's pretty cool. He's yeah. a cool guy. He's, you know, he was just kind of sharing our thoughts. We were part of, like, um, it was like me and a couple other airmen, and we were part of this, uh, um, leadership excellence course um, where we were kind of handpicked because we showed exemplary um, excellence as leaders mm-hmm. so we just kind of sat down and just kind of pained him with some questions on um, situational stuff but I was a young guy I was only like uh, I think like 19 when I met him so like I didn't understand like I was just starting to feel like I was getting into like a leadership role yeah. But I was too, I was like kind of young and naive at that time where I was like, okay, like I, I hear what he's saying, but I wasn't listening. Like, mm-hmm. He was talking, I, I got it, but like I didn't really like take the opportunity like I should have. Like if I would have meet him today, I would probably ask him more in-depth questions. Yeah, definitely. But I think that comes with age and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Learning who, a little bit more about his work. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, I followed him ever since, and uh, he he puts out some good content. I mean, his books are revolutionary. Yeah, I love books just because you can um, get so much more of an in-depth perspective than you could. Are you listening to books or are you reading them? I read them. 
Um, I try to take like 15 minutes or so a day to read. So I'm not like, I'm not plowing through, you know, five books a month. You don't got a stack of books just every night just... No, I'm not, I'm not plowing through a ton of books, but I try to very intentionally try to read to actually gain something from it. So you're not speed reading? No, absolutely not. <laughs> because like there's no, like what's the point of reading, you know, like a self-help book, but you're not able to help yourself with it. Right. Um, you want to actually read it for the point of like, what can I take out of this and apply? Exactly. Yeah, I um, I learned that I was just reading books when I was younger just to read them. Mm-hmm. But when I started getting into books that I was actually, like, I knew this. My first book that I actually read was um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. That was the first one. And, like, I was like, okay, I read it. And then I got to the last page. I was like, damn, I, I actually read a book. Yeah. And I wanted to read it. Mm-hmm. And then I actually read the, after that, um, I was recommended the um, Napoleon Hill um, Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, definitely. Read that. And that's a book you can actually read over and over again and mm-hmm. get something new out of it. Yeah. Um, so I have that book. But I'm not a bit, I like the audio books because I travel a lot. So I'm oh, yeah. able to get the information and uh, just listen to it. Throw it on in the car kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, just an audible. It's a great way to do it too, and then you can just like if you hear something that you want to re-listen to, just hit like the rewind. Yeah, seconds. the only yeah the thing is is I like if I have a physical book, I like to do like the little sticky note where I got the information. Yeah. With the audio book, I gotta go in my notepad and just like type in like okay at this mm-hmm. point I need to re-listen to that. So, yeah. But yeah. Not the easiest while you're driving. No, definitely not. It's not. It's not looked uh, heavily upon. It's, it's like, yeah, you just drive. <laughs> I'm driving with my feet, just trying to figure things out. Um, look, man, we're like at an uh, hour twenty minutes. Yeah, it goes by. Oh yeah, that was super quick. Always. Um, anything that I should have asked that I didn't. Um, I think we covered a lot of good bases. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was great. When are you gonna start your own podcast? I don't know. I had no uh, plans of starting my own podcast, <laughs> but now I put I planted the seed. <laughs> the seed has been planted. He's uh he's gonna go go to sleep at night. Yeah, you're gonna hear that little voice. Start mm-hmm. the podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I appreciate you speaking with me, man. Um, Jacob, you're an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. I wish you nothing but the best. Appreciate you being on the show, and uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Any uh, social media that you want to throw out there? Uh, Your LinkedIn? Number one social media is LinkedIn. Um, I think you can link that, right? I sure can. Um, Otherwise, I'm not, like, ultra active on, like, Instagram. I'll just put your LinkedIn. That's where all your best stuff is anyway. Yeah, that's the best way to reach me. I'm always happy to uh, reach out and talk to people on there. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jacob Moser. Thanks, man. Bye.